Welcome to the McDark Horror Series. Lights out. Good. Here we go. The sky above was an endless black void. The torch light barely illuminated the path ahead, the orange firelight only going a few feet before being swallowed by the darkness. The grey stone walls had no top, and ran down twisted paths and dead ends. Time had no meaning here, and there was no night and day. The man had long ago given up hope on counting the days and instead focused on each step forward. The grey stone walls of the maze were cold and jagged, and echoed with the screams of the trapped. They came from all around him, from other parts of the maze. Though he was not alone, he had yet to meet another living soul. Instead, he was a lone traveler in the dark, endlessly walking to avoid the jaws of death. The creature toyed with him, as it did with all its food. Its red glowing eyes would catch the firelight and send the man running back the way he had come. He would tumble and trip, bruising his already sore body to the point that no healthy skin was visible. The man would catch glimpses of the beast, constantly dreaded the moment it decided it no longer wanted to play. So the man walked is like barely a source of comfort in this chasm of despair. His left hand ran along the wall, guiding his way. It was a mangled mass of ripped tendons and torn flesh, but the man refused to remove it from the rough surface. If he stayed going left, never taking his hand from the wall, he was bound to end up somewhere. It was a plan, and the only one keeping him sane. He didn't know why he was here, or where he was exactly. All he knew was the labyrinth, and it knew him. He never saw anything other than the darkness around him, and glimpses of the beast that called it home. He had long forgotten the look of his own face. The hunger and thirst in his stomach was enough to drive him on. There was no memory of the taste of food, or the sweet refreshing feeling of cool water. His body was battered, beaten, bloody, and still ever walking. His mind was blank, and his will to survive was the only thing in control. When he rounded another endless corner, the man caught a glimpse of those fierce, blood-colored eyes and the sight of a scaly, speared tail. Like those thousands of times before, he turned and took off into the darkness his fear guiding him away into the unknown. His damaged hand dragged painfully across the stone wall, his skin peeling away in ribbons. He sprinted through the darkness, bouncing off cold walls and bruising his body to the point that his nerves no longer felt the pain. Then his hand no longer touched the wall. He flew into a wide open space and found himself in a clearing. After all this time within the labyrinth, he had never seen anything other than narrow corridors, 
He also found that he could see past the firelight and that the clearing was not clouded in suffocating shadow. There were many other dark pathways connected to this clearing, leading the man to think others would likely have been here too. Sitting in the center, illuminated by a wet glow, was a crystal fountain. Pure fresh water sprung from the top and drizzled its way across the clear surface into the bowl below. The fountain resembled that of a crane, its beak pointed to the sky, and its mighty wings spread as if about to take flight. The water trickled from the crane's eyes, and the sound of splattering on the crystal was that of a soft chiming music. The man could not contain himself at the glorious sight. He burst into a sprint, reaching the fountain in a matter of seconds and submerging his head in the cold water. His senses went into overdrive, and his exhausted body lapped at the nourishment. He swallowed gulp after gulp, the water dripping down his chin. Then his body purged it from his stomach. He stared in silent horror at the sight now before him. The once clean spring water was now a bloody river that blotted and clumped together. At the top of the fountain, impaled by the beak of the crane, was a woman. Her wide, alert eyes watched the man as blood gushed from his stomach. His mouth was open, a silent, endless scream forever frozen. The man was covered in her blood, and he could feel the coppery taste of her. The woman watched him, her eyes following his every movement. They seemed to accuse him of stealing her life's essence, of impaling her on that crystal fountain. The once beautiful crystal fountain was now stained in her blood. The soft white glow now replaced with a harsh red haze. The crystal rock glowed red, and at any moment the man feared the crane would come alive and impale him on its beak too. Try as he did, he could not remove the taste of her blood. He licked his hands, his clothing, even the stone ground beneath him, but the blood stained his tongue and throat. He stumbled to his unsteady feet and tried to keep himself from staring at the woman. He noticed then that in his rush to drink, that he had dropped the torch and the flame had snuffed out. With shaking hands, he picked up the useless stick, started desperately at where the flame had once flickered. He was lost, and now, even worse, had no light source. As soon as he left that clearing, he would be plunged into the unforgiving darkness. Another thought then crept into his mind. Which pathway had he entered from? The man turned in place, his eyes jumping from one gaping hole to the next. It was impossible to tell them apart, and even more impossible to tell which way he had come from. If the man had tears to cry, he would have, but they dried up a long time ago, along with his saliva. His heart pounded in his chest as he continued to turn in place, not being able to decide which corridor of darkness to plunge into. Slowly, a sound started to grow. In the man's panic, he hadn't noticed that the woman's scream was slowly starting to become audible. He turned to her when he finally noticed, and her wide accusing eyes were focused directly on him as her scream grew to a screech. 
He covered his hands with his ears and winched. It was no use. Her scream continued to grow and pierce the stale air. If he didn't move soon, his eardrums would burst. He couldn't afford to lose another sense. In his determination to get away from the woman and her deafening scream, the man ran down the pathway closest to him. He ran into the dark. Once the woman's screams were no longer ear-shattering, the man spread his left hand out and found the rough stone wall of the maze. He had never felt more relieved to feel the pain of the rocks tearing into his hand. With no light, this simple, painful touch was the only thing that kept him grounded in the darkness. He could hear the screams of others who were trapped, and now he heard something worse. As he walked into the depths of the maze, breathing and laughing whispered into his ears. He tried to swat them away with his hand, but nothing was there only the dark. They laughed and mocked him, and his head spun from all the voices. A rough, hard thing rubbed against the back of his neck, and he knew it was the beast. Without his light, it could get closer. It could smell him, touch him, taste him. At that, the man ran. He could hear the creature bounding after him like a dog fetching a stick. Sprinting into the darkness, the man found himself deeper and deeper within the labyrinth. The beast had grown tired of playing, and it was time to feast. The man could feel the hot breath of it on his back, could smell the blood-coated teeth. His eyes searched the dark frantically, but they were useless. They might as well have been carved from their sockets. Just as the man felt the teeth of the beast about to sink into him, he tripped. His head collided with the stone floor, and he could see stars. He gazed up at the night sky, the swirling lights dancing in the darkness before blinking out one by one. The beast was no longer on top of him, and the voices no longer tormented him. Getting to his feet, the man noticed that he could see his bloody hands. Looking around, he saw he was in another clearing. This one was well lit by torchlight, and the warm glow of them soothed his aching soul. At the center of this clearing was a large table, piled high with food. The smell overpowered him. It was exquisite, something he had never experienced before or even dreamed about. Unlike the other clearing, there were others. The man could see two other men and a woman sitting at a table, eating. One of the men had a bloody bandage over his left eye, and it was leaking blood and yellow fluid. The second man was completely covered in dirt and blood, and one couldn't tell if it was his or someone else's. The woman was the cleanest, having just a few small scratches on her otherwise clean face. They all watched him but continued to eat. Moved by the growling in his belly and the sight of others, the man slowly approached the table. It was covered in steaming hot delicacies, some things he had only heard about in stories. Plate after plate of piping hot meats and vegetables, the man licked his blood-coated lips. The three others still ate and still watched, never making a sound other than the chewing of food. The man went to the only empty chair available which was beside the woman. 
Her large brown eyes locked on him and a stream of meat juice running from the corner of her mouth. The man looked from plate to plate, not sure where to start. His sense of smell was overwhelmed, and trying to pick where to begin was difficult. Then he saw it. A perfectly untouched plate of pastries. There were small, round balls of bread, drizzled in sweet, dripping honey. None of the others had touched it, and it beckoned to him. Reaching out slowly, almost not believing it to be real, the man picked up a roll. The honey stretched and dripped, pooling in the palm of his hand as he held it. He held it to his nose, closed his eyes, and inhaled the intoxicating sweetness. When he opened his eyes and was about to take a bite, he noticed the others. They were still eating, but now closer. The man could see the sheer terror in their eyes. Cheers and snot streamed down their faces, and still they stuffed their mouths with food. They weren't giving themselves enough time to chew. The man could see the bulging lumps pulsing in their throat, trying to cramp down into their gut. The man looked at the woman beside him and cried out in disgust. Her stomach was extended to the point of nearly bursting. He could see the shapes of unchewed food moving around under her stretched skin. Her throat was clogged up to her mouth, but still she tried to jam more food in. The man fell back out of his chair, watching in horror as the skin on the woman's belly peeled back, then finally burst. Piles and piles of unchewed food, blood and organs spilled out onto the floor. Still she kept eating, covering his mouth to keep from vomiting. He noticed that the other men's stomachs had also burst. Piles of rotting food lay scattered underneath the table, surrounded by decaying organs. The man stumbled to his feet and backed away from the gruesome display before him. The three prisoners watched him with wet, pleading eyes, but he knew there was nothing he could do for them. On the other side of the clearing was only one other entrance. Making his way over to it, the man looked one last time back at the pitiful souls and stepped into the darkness. His left hand had lost all feeling. The nerves had been torn to nothing. He now used his right hand the best he could. Navigation was proving harder and harder, and the man wondered if there was even an end to this cursed labyrinth. He walked and walked and walked. His body went on to autopilot, guiding the rest of him through the solid blackness. His mind shifted over nothing, and the only things he could think of was food, water, and most of all, sleep. He couldn't remember the last time he slept. He couldn't remember the last time he dreamed. He didn't notice when the light started to appear in the distance. It was small, merely a speck, but it was still light. As he walked, he rounded no more corners, ran into no more dead ends. He was walking down a long, straight corridor, and there was light at the end. Unlike the other clearings before, this light was natural, real, and glowing like a lost firefly. It was the light of the sun. He snapped out of his mind when a low growl rumbled from behind him, and a gust of hot air blew past. Now his eyes focused on that speck of light, 
while his mind focused on the beast behind him. It had found him once more, and this time wouldn't let him get away so easily. It roared, shaking the earth beneath their feet and sending the man tumbling forward. He took this chance to break out into a run, his eyes wide, and locked on that light that grew and grew, and went from a speck, to a ball, to a box, to a doorway. It was a way out, but that thing was still behind him. He could hear it crashing behind him, panting as it grew closer and closer. Hands started to reach out from the walls clawing at the man as he ran past. They swiped and clung to his clothes, threatening to hold him still for the beast. He tore away from these hands, ripping his clothing and skin along their fingernails. He refused to be trapped there, refused to become a part of that labyrinth, refused to die. With one final burst, pushing all his energy into his legs, the man threw himself through the doorway and into the light of glorious day. The beast stopped chasing, the hand stopped grabbing, and the man stopped running. He collapsed to the ground, crying tears of joy, as he finally felt the warm sun on his face. He looked down at his once mangled hands and saw they were healed and clean. His face and body no longer felt bruised and swollen, his stomach no longer felt empty, his throat no longer dry. He cheered and raised his hands to the sky. He had escaped from the darkness and found himself finally back in the light. Then he blinked. He squatted in a small square room made out of rough gray walls. Before him loomed the only doorway, a massive gray gateway where pitch blackness lay beyond. The joy, the relief, the hope died slowly he was, once again, back at the entrance to the labyrinth. Once again, he had escaped and had been pulled back in. His tears of joy turned to tears of sorrow and anger, and he pounded his hands on the stone floor. No one could hear him. No one could help him. The labyrinth is dark, endless, and full of cunning trickery. There is no escape.